So what's your definition of living your best life? We're going to talk about it in a moment. This is Nero Feliciano, and welcome to the All Things Life podcast. I'm a wife, a mom of four, and a cognitive psychotherapist. And I'm really excited to share these conversations and interviews with you that will hopefully help you live a healthier, fuller, and more peaceful life. Well, dare I say happy holidays. The season is upon us, and I hope you had a very lovely Thanksgiving. And if you did not, which is actually quite common when we're seeing family that we haven't seen in a long time and we're forced to interact with people who we may choose not to during our normal lives, know you're not alone. And we still have quite a bit of the holiday season left to make up for that. So today I am talking about living your best life. And this is a phrase we hear often. I often refer to my kids when I say this phrase because they are living their best life and they don't even know it, right? But um, what I wanted to talk about today was your definition of what your best life meant. And I thought this was also a good topic to begin talking about as we go into the holiday because so many of us operate on autopilot. And I know this season is so stressful for so many. And I will be talking about that and how to navigate that over the next few weeks. Also, please go back and listen to old holiday episodes because they're still so relevant for today. And I don't know if I can come up with content that good every single year. So do me a favor and listen to those old ones. But um, thinking about what is your best life? What does that mean? And have we let other people define that for us? One of the things I've learned in writing my book was unless we come up with our own definitions of certain very important terms that begin to shape the direction of our life and also the lens in which we see our experiences, those terms are going to be defined for us culturally. There are very clear definitions in our culture, whether we are aware of them or not, that we internalize. And then we hold up our own life to that value standard. And one example I can give you is when I was writing the book, One question I would constantly be asked is, how are your book sales? How are your book sales? How is the book doing? And what I decided as I was, you know, as I turned in the book and as we started talking about marketing and sales and those things with my publishing company was that I'm not going to check book sales. So at some point when people would ask me, how's the book doing? And I would say to them, you know, I, I don't really know. I hear from people who it's impacting, but I decided a while back, not to check sales. I'm pretty sure if the book does well, I'm going to hear about it. To be totally honest with you, the reason I decided that was one day I went to log into my author page on this website that authors have, everybody has that tracks sales nationally. And I couldn't remember my password and they wanted me to come up with a new password. And I said, no, I'm not coming up with a new password because I I don't want to forget something else or have to remember something else and log in again and recreate it and then prove my humanity based on how many fire hydrants I can choose. I'm not doing that. And then I realized, no, it's probably actually good for me not to do it because I knew so many authors who would check that page like they would check the stock market or as you would log into your kid's power school all the time and measuring their value by that number. And it made me realize that we measure so much of our value by numbers in this society, whether it's 
the numbers in our bank account or numbers in our test scores or numbers on a scale or how many followers we have. I remember telling my kids one day when we were talking about followers and social media because that was around the time I just started getting on social media to do what I do. And my kids were really young and they they would constantly ask me, how many followers do you have? And I would say to them, it doesn't matter. Jesus had 12 and look at the impact he had. And and that is the truth. We often conflate numbers to value, numbers to impact, numbers to influence. And I don't believe spiritually that's how we were designed to operate. Sometimes we look at those numbers and think, okay, is this a reflection of my purpose? Am I doing what I was created to do? Why, Why was I put on this earth? And we begin to measure that as if it is measurable. For some people, it might be if you are comparing. You can look at people who have great impact or influence in your community or in the world and think, my life doesn't measure up to that. But a few weeks ago, I was sitting down and thinking, and I was doing my time of reflection and prayer meditation, and there was one question that popped up in my mind, and that question was, what am I called to do well today? Because that purpose might change every single day. Sometimes, as you heard in my last podcast, we might be called to do something for our family or be something for our family, or sometimes it might be work. But there are opportunities that we're given every day that all add up to a life of purpose. Can we ask that question every day? What am I called to do well today? I felt often, and this is kind of being in that fight, flight, or freeze mode, is that I was having days as I was going through this season with my daughter, which I talked about in the last podcast, where I would I would want to do something and then not feel motivated to do it, which is normal when you're in this state of stress. But I felt like I was wasting a day. And when I began to sit with that question, and this was fairly recently, what am I called well to do today? I actually had an answer. And sometimes it wasn't these big things that I often envisioned that I was going to do that day. Sometimes they were the small things. But if we sit with that question and ask ourselves, what are we called well? What are we called to do well today? What is God calling me to do well today? We can likely come up with things how we can use that time well. What are the things that are important in our life? What are the things that are important to God? The other question I began to ask myself was, is there a need that someone has that I can meet today or this week? And then I just began to look in my own circles, in the circles of my community, perhaps in the circles of my community, even on social media, because I get asked a lot of questions there as well. And that adds the second level of purpose to our life. And I don't think purpose is all that much more deep than that. It's not that much more complicated than that. What are we called well to do today? And is there a need that we need to meet, that we can meet, that we have the opportunity to meet? As I've started doing more TV and media, there have been a lot of input into the direction that I should take from other people. And this has been a a journey I've navigated for the most part between me and God. All right, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to say? with this opportunity and not always looking for the next one. But I've had many people come to me and say, okay, you need to meet this person because they can help you do this. You need to meet this person so they can help you do this. And that has never sat well with me. 
I don't like that. And I feel like our world runs by that. Yes, do we need to make connections? Um, Certain people's industries and businesses necessitate that. But can that be something organic in my mind if it's meant to happen? I don't like the idea of meeting some someone for the purpose of it benefiting me. So I brought that to God in prayer and I said, look, I don't like this. I don't like this. It feels like um, people are just using people. And I know, you know, I've been on the other end of that many times. I know when people want to get to know me because they have a need, which if I can meet it, great, I will do it. But sometimes that gets a little tiring. And sometimes the intent is not all that sincere. So I brought that to God and I said, I don't like this. And what I heard in my spirit was, then don't do it. Don't do it. So I I had made that decision before, but I had that confirmation in that moment. And instead, what I've always felt that I've wanted to do is step into opportunities thinking, what can I offer? What can I give this person? Maybe they're brought to me so that I can help them in some way. And that is definitely a helper mindset. Um, But it feels so much more organic. And I know some of you struggle with purpose. Some of you try and figure out what what am I supposed to be doing? And, And is this life that I'm living right now, is this it? Is this it? The values spiritually, the values that I know, the things that God values are very different to what we're hearing culturally. They're very different to what we're being told we need to do culturally to live a life of purpose and meaning. And I think approaching every relationship interaction thinking, what need can I meet? What do I have to give to this person? It changes the dynamic of the relationship and it also lets go of expectations. That was something that I felt like I really had to share today for somebody because it was a shift in how I decided to navigate my career and how I decided to do things. And what's come out of that, um, even starting a year ago, has been just really incredible. Show up to love people, whoever that is. Maybe it's at your PTA. Maybe it's at your school. Maybe it's in your office where everybody is grumpy. Show up to love people. You know, we can change the atmosphere by the energy that we bring to a situation. Our our world runs on the fact that we can change energy. You know someone who's anxious, they can make you anxious. In the same way, someone who is calm can change your energy to be calm. Think about how you feel when you stand in front of the ocean or when you look at a sunset or a sunrise. You can feel our energy change. And that is power that we have to do in the situations that we're being called into. I saw this quote the other day, and I was actually just having a conversation with someone about this very thing. And it was about walking into different situations with the intent to love people. And this is from Marianne Williams, who wrote A Course in Miracles. There have been many, many quotes I'm sure you've heard that have come out of this book. But this is what she said. I always talk about how before you go into a meeting, just blast everybody with love. So if you're going to an audition, if you're going into an interview for a job, blast them with love. Because if you have the thought, oh my God, I need this job. I really need it. I hope they like me. All of that actually limits your capacity to shine in the ways that might promote their wanting you to work for their company. So if you instead think the only thing going on here is I'm going to bless that person and they're here to bless me. I don't know if I'm supposed to get that job. My only agenda is that God's will be done. It will all unfold perfectly. 
I mean, a big amen to that. A big amen to that. I I try before I go into any meeting, any session, any encounter, to pray that that God would use me to speak, that God would deliver whatever message, if it is a message of love or acceptance or forgiveness, whatever it is that person needs to hear, that I would be a part of that. And that defines in my mind living your best life. If we can, if we can move forward in our life with that attitude. How different would our interactions be? And and what I've realized is with all the challenges we have against us, with, with the busyness of our schedules, with the sleep deprivation most of us experience, especially those of us going through perimenopause, hello, um, we need God to live that way. We need God to live that way. The other thing that I started thinking about this week, and if you can't tell, I'm just sharing my weekly thoughts with you because that's what I said I would do. I don't need a 45-minute podcast that I would try and be faithful every week getting on here, just even sharing 10 to 15 minutes with you. But I was reading about growth and how we grow and how our influence grows. Because in some in some ways, that's what I'm trying to do. You know, I remember saying, and I think I said this last time, I the first time I wrote a book, I wanted to write a book for one person. And the second time I was like, oh no, God, no, that is too much work for just one person grow this, let this have influence, let this have impact. And I remember the verse Luke in Luke 16, 10. If you are faithful in little things, you will be faithful in large ones. But if you are dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. And it's just a reminder that whatever it is that day that God is calling you to do well, be faithful in it. Treat that like your life purpose. And then very organically, very naturally, as you're ready for it, God will entrust you with other things. The other verse that I always go back to is in Zechariah 4.10. Do not despise these small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. And it talks about how God looks around the world for people who will be faithful and it starts in the small. And you never know what God is going to do with a small opportunity. I can tell you that the way I ended up getting connected to the Today Show was never, never the way I ever imagined anything like that would ever happen. And it started with a small opportunity that came into my life that I approached with that attitude. What can I do for this person? What can I give them without expecting anything back? The interesting thing was one day I did get a call from someone. It was actually an email that said, congratulations, your book did really well. I saw that it it did really well on Amazon. And this was the day after I was on the Today Show. I didn't even check. I didn't check those numbers because at that point I was so used to not checking. And I said, what are you talking about? What do you mean? And she said, it's number two in three categories. And I said, are you serious? And I went back to that thought in my mind. If it does well, I'll hear about it. I don't need to base my purpose on those numbers, to know that I did what I was called to do. And that was my encouragement to you. Be faithful in the small things. Be faithful in your purpose every day. And as Marianne Williams said, your life is going to unfold exactly the way it needs to. Lastly, I just want to go back to that definition of living your best life. And for me, especially with now the variety of career experience that I've had, I will go back to this. There are certain areas in your life that you 
are not replaceable. I think our best life starts there. There are certain things that I do that they can replace me in a second, but there are certain areas where it would be really hard to do that. And I've, I've come to realize that oftentimes our best life, we can equate to our most present moments. When we can find the energy, when we can set an intention to be present in a moment that's important to us, in a conversation that's important to us, in a conversation that makes someone else feel like they matter, we are living our very best life in that moment. And we're also, we're also a living embodiment of God's love to whoever is part of that interaction. That is a struggle for me. That is such a struggle for me, but one that I am going to try to work on going into this holiday. And that may be what I begin to talk about. How do we do that in the holiday? What do we have to realize takes us away from living in that present moment? And that may even be a day-to-day evaluation. What's taking me away today? And, And in doing that, we have to acknowledge, what am I feeling? What are the challenges of the day? We don't ignore those things. We have to acknowledge them in order to step into that place of presence, into stepping stepping into that place of living in that moment and really creating these experiences that probably lead up to our best life. For me, I'm very dopaminergic. And when I say that, it means I'm always looking for the next thing. I have a lot of ideas, ideas, people, visionaries, your dopaminergic personalities, you're chasing that dopamine. And you come up with a lot of ideas. You have a lot of vision. The follow through may not always be great, which is why... You haven't heard my podcast very consistently over the last couple years. It's also why being a therapist is such a good profession for me because I come up with all these ideas and solutions and strategies and I'm like, here, you do the work. You do it. You follow through. But um, that is what I'm going to work on in this holiday, being the most present I can be at the times that are most important so that when I look back, I can actually remember those moments and the people who were important to me. And hopefully they will get a sense that they are important and they matter and that they matter to me. So just to wrap up, what is your definition of living your best life? Think about it. Think about it. Because if not, we're going to accept definitions that really don't align with who we are and our values. But it just takes a moment to stop and think. One last thing. I didn't do my little plug for Cozy Earth. But guess what? I got a postcard in the mail. It was a handwritten postcard. And they were so nice. And they just said, thank you. Thank you cards are so great, aren't they? Who writes a handwritten thank you card? We know how that impacts gratitude. I talked about in the last, um, actually talked about it on Instagram. But they wrote me this card. And they also said, we want to give you a 45% discount for you to share with your loved ones, which is all of you this holiday for the next 30 days. And this is the discount, 45%. That's the best one I've seen. Niro, N-I-R-O-7748. And that's N-I-R-O-7748. I tested it on the site and it works. And if you've never had their pajamas or their sheets or their joggers, it is such a treat for you. I'm buying myself those pajamas this Christmas. Um, Actually, I might buy them and then hand them to my husband to wrap and then give to me for Christmas because that's how it works in this house a lot of times. Maybe you want to do the same, but be kind to yourself. Be good to yourself. This is one way you can do it. 
I will be back soon. A newsletter is going out next week. So if you haven't signed up for my newsletters on my website, rofleciano.com, please do. A lot of good information in there. And just the reassurance that we're doing this life together. You're not alone with how you're feeling. We're all in this together. And I'm right there with you navigating it as we go. Be well, live full, and have a beautiful start to your holiday. Thanks for listening today. And if you have a second, go on the Apple Podcast app and rate this podcast. I want to know what you liked and what you didn't like and what you want more of. And connect with me. I'd love to hear from you on any of my social media at Nero Feliciano, the incidental therapist on Facebook and Nero Feliciano on Instagram. And you can also connect with me through my website, Nero Feliciano. So until the next time, have a great day. Be well and live full.